Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Big knocker. It was a rainy Tuesday morning when I rocked up to the home of Miguel Barclay, the Instagram chef and cookbook author famous for creating meals that cost just one pound. I brought along a couple of the thrifty cookery Bibles from the 1970s that my mum gave me when I left home, cooking in a bedsitter and the pauper's cookbook. My mum actually gave me these books, which she used when we were growing up, because my mum is like the absolute legend of being able to create 20 meals from a chicken. And... Oh, well, there's no photos in those books. No, well, I mean, this, this is the one that I took to university, which she actually bought me in Sainsbury's. It's a Sophie Grigson one, which you can see is very well thumbed, yeah. covered in cookery splashes. I've come to visit Miguel partly so I can sample one of his delicious one-pound meals as he demonstrates one of the recipes from his new book. Uh, so first thing we're going to do is the onion. So if we want to make it into sort of little squares, which they call dice. But mainly, I want to pick his brains on the best way to control your food budget as the cost of living increases. Latest figures today show shoppers have been hit by the highest price rises in almost 10 years. All this adding up to the biggest forecast squeeze to household income since records began. April is crucial. National insurance contributions will rise by 1.25 percentage points. From heating or cooling our homes to cooking our food and making the products we buy, energy, it is at the heart of everything we do. Welcome to Money Clinic, the weekly podcast about personal finance and investing from the Financial Times. I'm Claire Barrett, the FT's consumer editor. To kick off season three of the podcast, we're going to be examining different aspects of the cost of living crisis, how it will impact the finances of our listeners, and most importantly, what you can do about it. Next month has been dubbed Awful April as the cost of pretty much everything is going up. Inflation is rising at its fastest pace in 30 years, and that means higher food prices at the supermarket, plus higher household bills, transport costs, and, to top it all off, higher tax rises. It's a good thing this podcast is still free. One of the people who's been feeling the pinch is 22-year-old Lil. To be honest, I can't wait for a day where... I don't have to have that kind of constant pressure of being careful with your food. (laughs) And these rising prices mean that young people on lower incomes are taking an outsized hit. So I do feel a bit angry about it, but at the same time, one thing I just feel is it is out of my control. I can't can't change the way I'm having to spend money on energy bills. Um, And I kind of just hope that it, it won't go on forever, so if for a year I'm, I'm having to spend a lot more money and not put any money in savings. April isn't just going to bring showers. A whole heap of nasties are going to rain down on our personal finances. 
Today, we're serving up useful life hacks for budgeting your way through the price hikes with the help of money-saving expert Charlotte Jessup and chef extraordinaire Miguel Barkley. Um, so yeah, in with the onion. So yeah, this is a great base to the dish and a lot of the flavour is coming from the onion. So we're just going to fry it for a little bit. While we do that, we're going to chop the garlic. So while Miguel cracks on with cooking up some special fried rice, I wanted to get to know Lil a little better. I'm 22. I'm um, originally from Reading, but I just moved up to London about a month ago and I'm working in healthcare. And did you move from Reading? So I moved from Liverpool, actually. I was living in Manchester for a year and Liverpool for a year after university. Lil moved down to London to be nearer her friends and family, switching to a career she feels more is where her long-term passions lie. But this move has meant a double hit to her finances. Firstly, the cost of living is much higher in London. And secondly... I took a pay cut because I wanted to move down here and I want to do the job that I want to do. Lil's new salary is around £28,000 per year. Her rent has gone from £350 a month, including bills in Liverpool, to £700 a month in South London, with bills on top. She told me the savings buffer of a few thousand pounds she managed to build up while she was on a higher salary up north is rapidly being eroded by the move to London and by the daily cost of living. I think money, when I was living up north actually, I found money consumed a lot less of my time. But since I moved to London, I have to worry a lot about whether I can do a social occasion or something and think about the the money implications beforehand. Um, I'm quite careful with my spending. I'm try- I've been trying to save, but it's been quite hard recently, especially moving to London. Every week it's kind of like, oh, we'll, we'll have to dip into the savings for that extra 30 quid because I want to go for a meal with my brother or something. From what I could gather, Lil is already pretty thrifty. Trying to get the bus instead of the overground or something from where I live. Even if it's just, it costs like £1.20 difference, but it saves a bit. She's trying to put aside 10% of her income each month. But on her new London budget, if she runs into an unexpected cost, that can wipe out her ability to save. I cycle most places to save money a bit and because I enjoy it. And um, within the first two weeks, I had my, my, my gears nicked, so I had to replace those. So that was 120. So I feel like small things like that do, do add up. But it's not just London prices that are testing Lil's budget. It's the rising cost of living. Yeah, I definitely have noticed the price of food going up kind of in small ways. Just a jar of pesto somehow is 20p more. Um, I've always tried to be a bit careful with food and I just try and do one big food shop at like Aldi or Lidl and make that last the week, but it's hard. That's not the only thing that's going up. As energy bills and rent is becoming more expensive, I'm being less extravagant with other other spending. I'm not buying clothes as much. I'm not... I think when I was up north and spending a bit less, I was probably going on holiday a bit more, and I think I'll just do one holiday this year. Tax rises in April and the freezing of key tax thresholds, including the point at which you start to repay your student loans, will squeeze Lil's finances even further. National insurance... Increase, I think, is uh, I think it's a stupid thing. It's kind of the, the lower paid earners who are now having to pay more. Um, which is, do, you know, fair. do you know how much it will cost you? 
month to month. No, I actually don't. So how how do you feel about awful April and the increasing cost of living? I feel kind of angry in a way because I know it's a result of not not low income or medium income household earners. It's not their fault. It's kind of like these the 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 bigger people in the picture and and people on far higher salaries not paying the right tax. To be honest, I mean, Lil, do you feel like your age group is particularly being hit hard by the increasing cost yeah. of living? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's no way many people will be able to buy a house before they're kind of. I mean, if they're lucky, 30, 32, but maybe older than that. Um, And in that case, they're just giving a lot of money away to the rental market. And I think it is really hard. I also think we've paid a lot to to have university education. And I've got my student loan. I don't think that even makes a difference anymore, which is a good thing in a way. But it's quite hard because you're left there with debts and... And it's a really competitive job market now. So it is a lot harder. There's a lot more pressure. And actually, it's not only just kind of financially consuming. I feel like finance definitely has a quite a big impact on your your state of well-being. Mm, tell me more about that. Um, just constantly having to think it is another added pressure. Like, I would love to just to finish my day and be like, oh, I'd really like a hot chocolate and go and buy it but you kind of have to double take yourself which can be quite tiring what kind of things would you like our podcast experts to help you with in particular um i'm trying to think how much how much i should be saving would be a really interesting question how they would balance that kind of quality of life and financial aspect i don't know like if i'm really tired and want to get a taxi from somewhere to somewhere whether that whether you can sacrifice to do things like that or whether you should be constantly trying to trying to save um and kind of where you should be at at 22 I I don't know where I should be at financially and how can I save money on a food shop I usually just do one big food shop but I don't know if actually just seeing how I feel each day and shopping on that would be more helpful Before we hear from our money-saving expert, Charlotte Jessup, let's take a look at what awful April, as it's being dubbed, will actually bring. From April, your payslip is going to have a few extra bites taken out of it. Firstly, national insurance is increasing for workers in the UK. Someone earning £30,000 a year can expect to see nearly £18 knocked off their monthly payslips going forward. That's more than £200 a year. For somebody earning £50,000, the monthly cost is nearly £39, more than £450 a year. Secondly, if like Lil, you're repaying a student loan, the government has changed the repayment terms and you may find a greater slice of your future pay is going on that. So, your April payslip may be smaller than you expect, but it will also have to stretch even further. Energy prices are going up. The typical power bill will rise by 54%. Some analysts predict the Ukraine war could see annual bills surpass £3,000. Broadband, council tax and water rates will all rise in April too. You will get some help from the government. All properties in council tax bands A to D in England will get a £150 rebate applied in April. If you don't know what your band is, look on your council tax bill. 
And if you worked from home at any point during the pandemic, it's not too late to claim the government's working from home tax credit. That could be worth £125 per person per year. Details and the link to how to claim are in today's show notes. But enough from me. Today's podcast experts have some amazing tips to share. So I'm Charlotte Jessup. I run the Instagram account and website that is looking after your pennies. And my whole mission is to educate people about their finances so they can make the right decisions for them. What would your three top tips or takeaways be for people who are looking at the rising cost of living and just feeling really daunted about how they're going to cope with it? So the first one would be to just have an understanding of what is going to happen. So you need to you need to figure out exactly what that's going to cost. And there's, and there's lots of resources online that can help, but you also need to look at your own you know, spending habits and where your money is currently going. So that's the first thing. I would then encourage you to you know, create some sort of budget. You know, if you're not currently budgeting, you know, put write those figures down. You know, get it down on a piece of paper, on an app, on a spreadsheet. And then the third thing is to pick an action that you can take that is within your control that is going to make you feel better. Um, you know, this could be like, right, well, we need to get a grip on our food spending, or maybe we could, you know, try and reduce our energy by changing some of the bulbs, or you know, something like that that you have within your power that makes you feel like you're you're moving towards a better situation. Yeah. So it's power of the mind over power of the money, one step at a time. Absolutely. Let's unpack those steps a bit more. For someone who hasn't made a budget before, what would former maths teacher Charlotte advise them to do? You need to look at where you're at now and then you can set kind of small goals to work on it. So this can mean looking back at you know bank statements. You can have a little look back and go, right, well, I spend you know, this much on food, you know, my, my energy bills this, um, you know, I'm spending this much on transport. Lots of digital banking apps will collate this kind of information for you. And then use those figures. Use those figures as your kind of starting point. Like this is where I'm at now. And I like to say, you know, knock a fiver off for like next month. You know, if you think you're spending too much on one area, you know, like if you're spending too much on food, can you spend five pounds less next month? And then you do that the following month. You spend, you know, like ten pounds less the month after that. But you need to start from where you're at. You need to have a good understanding of your current reality with regards to your finances. The fact that Lil has a budget means that she's avoided one of the biggest risks for young people right now, racking up expensive debts. This is a huge achievement, although one that she doesn't feel well rewarded by. Charlotte says you need to be kind to yourself. Remember, your budget doesn't have to be perfect. You're meant to be tweaking it. You're meant to be going... You know, why am I always getting a takeaway on a Friday? What's that? You know, do I need to budget for that? Is that a habit I need to, you know, change? And then what about people like Lil who find themselves dipping into their savings because of the rising cost of living? I think the important thing to remember is that those savings are there for emergencies. You know, they're there for the things that we we don't necessarily expect to happen. You know, and, and I don't think it's unreasonable to kind of look at what's going on and think, this is an unexpected situation. You know, two years ago, we, we wouldn't have anticipated this at all. So I don't think it's unreasonable to be dipping into that for emergency situations. However, we need to remember that it's not something that we can you know, rely on. And so looking at some strategies to build that pot, really sort of short-term, impactful actions that you can take. So if the budget is tight and you are you're basically spending more or you've got more going out than you've got coming in, then there's only one answer to that. And that is to earn more money. 
you know, we look at our current job, you know, can we be brave, go ask the boss for a pay rise? We have a whole other money clinic episode devoted to that. Think about if you are, you know, in a position where you can join a union. So, you know, I was a teacher and, you know, one of the best ways for me to increase my pay was to join a union, support them, uh, look for promotions, secondments, you know, are there other things that you can do? Maybe you could take on some overtime. And if those things aren't possible? Then a side hustle could be a good idea. Um, and this could be something as simple as you're doing a few surveys. Charlotte's talking about consumer surveys or market research things you can fill in online in exchange for money. I've put some links to the ones she recommends in the show notes. So that's the earning money side of things. What about spending money? Is it possible to have a good social life in London on a really, really tight budget? I think the real challenge comes when maybe you've got your, your friends uh, earning more than you mm. and they're, and they're you know, compelling you to go to some expensive place. Having some boundaries and knowing what is in your budget for social events. So, you know, maybe this week, yes, you go out with them, but next week you invite them around to yours and you maybe cook or you just have a few drinks or whatever it is you want to do. How could young people like Lil feel better about their financial situation? I mean, she said in that clip there, I'm 22, where should I be at financially? I mean, I think she's in quite a good place for a 22-year-old, but she doesn't feel that way. It's really interesting because I speak to a lot of people that are doing amazing things with their finances and they just don't feel like it's enough. And actually, as a 22-year-old, the fact that she's even thinking about these things and she's building good habits suggests to me that she's she's already in a really good place. Um, a good figure for, for saving, uh, you know, start at you know, 10% if you can, you know, that might be optimistic, but... 1%, you know, 2%, build it up as um, you build better financial habits and you know, your income increases and things like that. Finally, Charlotte says, having a goal for your finances is crucial to feeling good about them. Because that makes making decisions about money really easy. You know, it's a choice of, do I want, you know, this hot chocolate or do I want to put this money into my emergency fund? And then the choice becomes pretty simple. You're like, actually, no, that's a, what I want more so than it's this. kind of like a psychological trick. You're not yeah. saying to yourself, I'm denying myself mm-hmm. this hot chocolate that I want. You're saying, I'm choosing not to have that in order so I can have that feeling of yes. financial independence, which clearly is a feeling that makes her feel good. Yeah, absolutely. How's Miguel getting on with that rice dish then? So now what we're looking for here is we don't want to burn the garlic. Chef Miguel Barkley became an Instagram sensation by coming up with hundreds of meals for one that cost no more than one pound to make. The, uh, with the frying and we go in with the, uh, with the rice. Um, now I told you we're going to do something really, really, really easy with the asparagus. We probably don't need so many, so let's use half of these. Um, what we're going to do is chop it just at a little angle. So where better to come for tips on managing rising food prices than the king of affordable meals? I've been doing meal plans and being organised about food and family meals for, for years. It's just built into my DNA. But there are an awful lot of people now who are looking at the cost of living crisis and the variables that they can control and the food shop is a really, really big part of that. 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, if you really sort of think about it, your number one outgoing is is your rent or your mortgage. Uh, and then number two is food, which is huge. And people just don't don't think about it like that. Um, like almost certainly you're spending more on food than you are on transport. Um, yet traditionally it's transport that has sort of captured the imagination of, of penny pinching, like um, getting your rail cards and stuff like that. And, and whether you go diesel, whether you go petrol, and if you... I don't know, share your ride to work or whatever. Um, but that's the third most important, the second most important, uh, well, the, the biggest expenditure is food. So if you can keep on top of that, you can make bigger savings than with any other aspect of your life, I think. Right, so they're going along nicely. You're going to pop the asparagus in. Maybe a touch, touch more oil to get that sizzle back. Miguel, what tips do you have for our podcast listeners about the basics of budgeting when it comes to food? Right. The number one thing that you need to do uh, once a week, get a sheet of A4 paper, write down the days of the week and then plan what you're going to eat. So you've probably got some non-negotiable meals that have to be in there. So start with those. Uh, An example of that would be a roast on Sunday. Um, and then you plan around it. So what are you going to have left over from the roast? You're probably going to have some leftover chicken, leftover potatoes, leftover vegetables. So why not do, I've got a, a recipe in my new book, uh, which is a pie. So you could make a, a pie with all the leftover stuff. Um, so now you're left over with the pastry. So now you've got to come up with a pastry one. Um, so maybe you could do like a, a tart or something like that. Uh, and then you could cross that over with another dish. Um, so I don't know if you if, if you put feta in, in one of your meals, very hard to use a whole block of feta in one meal. So you know you're going to have some left over. Uh, maybe you can eke that into three and just use the feta as a, as a little sort of crumbly topping, uh, a little garnish uh, if you're making tacos or something like that. And that's how you do it. You've got to overlap the ingredients uh, and then that's how you're going to save money. Uh, and knowing what you're going to eat means you're less likely to, to order like a takeaway or something like that, because um, you, you, if you don't eat it, then then you've got problems because it's going to have a knock-on effect on the rest of the week. So it sort of forces you into uh, sticking to uh, to what, what how you imagine your week's going to go. What other money-saving tips does Miguel have for your meal plan? Well, one of the sort of major ones is, is sort of on the bulking it out. So if you use something like rice as the main ingredient, and you can get enough rice there that that's going to fill you up and then supplement it with other stuff so back to the fried rice sort of example even if you just had like sandwich ham left over something like that so you have one slice of sandwich ham and a load of uh, a load of rice you can make a lovely uh, stir fry sort of fried rice out of that and then another great tip is don't buy something that someone's had to prepare for you so if you're going to buy carrots like just buy some carrots don't Get the ones that have already been chopped into batons because you're essentially paying for someone. Like, definitely a human was involved in that at some point, even if it was just loading the machine and then the machine chopped it. But you got to pay for that. Now, you've been doing this for quite a while, but obviously the cost of living crisis, which we've seen really escalate over the past six months, it's conceivable for the one-pound chef that some of your one-pound meals might actually cost a little bit more now maybe one pound ten one pound twenty i mean is, is that something that, you, that you've noticed when you're shopping for your ingredients 
Yeah, 100%. So if you look at the the books that I've released, they start off quite heavily meat-orientated, and then it sort of progressed into vegan one-pound meals, meat-free one-pound meals, store-covered one-pound meals, and then green one-pound meals. Uh, and, and certainly meat is becoming so expensive that it's it's off the menu for, for, for the one-pound chef. And there are also great arguments for the kind of cooking and living that you're talking about in your books from a, from a green point of view, just because of sustainability. Yeah, 100%. Um, and that extends into eating seasonally. So um, something like asparagus, there will literally be so much asparagus during asparagus season that they can't sell it all. Um, so they pile it high and they sell it as cheap as it can be. And do you find in your own life, do you go shopping once a week or only when you need things? Do you do smaller trips? The way you should do it is just go once a week. Um, but I don't particularly practice what I preach because I'm always experimenting and fiddling with food. I will spare you having to hear me gobble up all of Miguel's plate of delicious rice. There's a link to that recipe in the show notes. Top money-saving tip from me, though, go for lunch with a chef. Just kidding. After hearing from Charlotte and Miguel on how to stay positive and budget your way through the cost of living crisis, I wanted to check back in with Lil and hear what she made of the expert's advice. I was really sorry that we couldn't take you to see... Miguel the chef because I was so impressed with the things that he could do for just a pound um, and it was absolutely delicious the food he was he was coming up with is that something you're tempted to try yeah I think that bit kind of woke me up a bit I, I don't really think about the cost of my food too much I just eat what I want to eat and I do do a shop one big shop but like I I don't think about how I can budget it cheaper so that was really interesting I'd love to know like these delicious meals that you can make for such a low price and you've made lots of notes yeah. while listening to what the experts <laughs> had to say what are the things that really struck you that Charlotte and Miguel had um, to offer I think Charlotte I, I don't know why it struck me so much but with the budgeting thing I kind of just always put a rough budget on what I what I thought I was spending, but I have noticed since I moved to London, most weeks I'm I'm overspending the budget. So the fact that you look back on your finances and try and work that out is really helpful to kind of get a more informed approach of what you're spending instead of a rough guess. I mean, what did you think about her advice to pick a different action every month that you're going to focus on and also to set yourself a goal that you can work towards in future? I thought that was also really positive messages it would all be kind of positive reinforcement if I chose a goal and I knew I could complete it just like one of hers was just change the light bulbs or or I could just not buy takeaway coffees that month just for a month or slowly cut down on stuff it would be really helpful just at the end of the month to be then like instead of always checking your bank balance not checking your bank balance but just knowing in your head oh well I have been trying my best to not buy a takeaway and then it's really good advice and also make it fun. Team up with a friend. 
Yeah, no, like I know one thing I always fall for is the hungover brunch. Maybe always try and cook your hungover brunch yourself or something like that would could be a goal you'd set with your friends and it could actually make it quite fun. Yes. Well <laughs> <laughs> and I mean going forward, do you think you feel more confident now about how you will handle the pressures that are undoubtedly going to arise in the coming months as inflation really takes hold. Yeah, I think doing this podcast and hearing advice kind of related to exactly what I was feeling anxious about has really helped me enter this new period with a bit more knowledge and a bit more um, positive enforcement of what's going on and that that there are changes you can make if you get drawn down quite badly by awful April and the coming bill changes. So that is a positive message. That's it for Money Clinic this week, and we hope you like what you've heard. If you did, spread the word and leave us a review. And if you would like to chat with me on a future episode of the show, get in touch. You can email me, our address is money at ft.com, or DM me on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. I'm at Claire B. Money Clinic was produced and edited in London by Persis Love. Our executive producer is Manuela Saragosa. Our sound engineer is Breen Turner, and the original music is by Metaphor Music. And finally, the Money Clinic podcast is a general discussion around financial topics and does not constitute an investment recommendation or individual financial advice. For that, you'll need to find an independent financial advisor. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. That's the small print over and done with. See you back here soon. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>